You're listening to For the Lore, the podcast that delves in the craft of our favorite games, whether lore, gameplay, or game design. Each week, Roger is joined by Joe and Vince. conversation distinctly because I'd just been thinking about the subject matter a few days beforehand. So when my wife came up to me and asked, have you heard about this Pokemon thing? I replied, yeah, it's basically cockfighting for kids. And she kind of went, okay. And then that was the end of that. Flash forward nearly 20 years, it would have been about 15. I recall being in the office while I'd still worked at the office, grown-ass man, screaming across the baffle at another co-worker while we were playing Pokemon. And I recall one of our supervisors walking by, an older man, asking what in the fuck we were doing because my buddy kept saying, will you stop using the same ability all the time? And when we explained to him that we were playing Pokemon, he just turned around, his head hung low, dejected, at the prospect that this was masculinity now. <laughs> that this was what real men were playing Pokemon while they were at the office. Now, I have a very clear memory of Pokemon because, and when it started, of course, because at the time we had the three children, and then it was a year later that we had our fourth. So between the games, the anime, the movies, you name it, including the card games eventually, we had quite a bit of that in the house, various iterations of it. And I didn't get into it until quite a bit later. However, we've gotten to a point now where a lot of people, because the gaming generation is getting older now, can point to which generation was their first. And Pokemon spawned off a lot of knockoffs and a lot of people who took advantage of that formula that works so well, that obvious collecting mentality, but also the idea of sharing and how important that is, the social aspect of the game, because despite the fact that you are often will be by yourself while you're playing it, be it on a, a handheld console or whatever, there's certain elements of it that they forced you to be social, to interact. If in fact you do want gotta catch them all kind of deal and that is something that we've seen in some of the other games as well that have come off come after it so today we're not going to be talking about just pokemon but we are also going to be talking about again the games that were influenced by it everything from digimon and Yu-Gi-Oh and nino kuni of course some world of uh, final fantasy as well as a few other things and as this is our essentially our Christmas special kind of thing, the week before Christmas, we thought we'd have a few guests over, and in this case, it's significant others, except for mine. She's playing her own game in the other round, so we've got both Tardis back again. We haven't had her on the show in forever, and Alicia. So, ladies, welcome very much back to the show. It's great to have you guys here. Thank you. Hello. All right. So, let's start off with Tart, and we'll work our way around. I know that you are heavy into Pokemon and are currently playing. Which one are you playing, Sun or Moon? I am playing Moon. I'm actually playing it. At the While moment. we're talking, that's cool. I'm all right yeah. with that. 
<laughs> but which was your first generation that you started with? Silver, I think. Okay, so you're looking at what was that? That was the fourth generation, or no, not that. That was Gen Two. Gen Two was it? Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah, so Golden Silver was yeah. Gen Two. Yeah, so you played that on Game, uh, Game Boy Color. Yeah. Okay. And I think I, I think I actually did play Gen One, but after I the mean, fact. Yeah, right. but I mean, you're also talking that was years ago um, so, <laughs> I don't know that I remember which one I started I know I've played them all at some point um, but I just can't remember if I actually played um, Gen 1 like when it came out or if it was one that I played um, after the fact okay now you've played them all yes now let's test the hardcore barometer here did you actually go through the trouble of importing the ones beforehand if the game allowed it from the previous version no no i never did the importing i just i've played them all because um my my ex owned them all so i know i at one point had all of them in my collection and i had a friend not too long ago who she um collected all of the Pokemon games that she needed a few for her collection. And I actually sent the ones that I had to her because she was missing some of them because she couldn't find the older ones and didn't want to pay, you know, a couple hundred dollars for the old games that were still in workable condition. So I just sent her the ones I had. You are a better friend than I am. (laughs) (laughs) I would have just sent her screenshots of (laughs) <laughs> <on> the screen <laughs> and then mocked her but yeah i actually did that with not a bunch of them but a couple of them i actually did the import and bring everything which takes fucking forever and they don't make it easy but just so that i could carry them because the little motherfuckers meant that much to me that i'd work so hard to catch them all that i could in that that i had to bring them forward into the next game uh ali what about you what was your first generation actually my first generation was the trading card game. I was 15, I think, when that was first introduced. And that was when Toonami was kind of at its peak. And so it was a whole run of cartoons and included was Pokemon. So me and my friends actually started with the TCG until I was gifted a green Game Boy Color. And then I ended up picking up, I think it was Crystal? I think it was. It was the one that you could finally choose which gender you wanted to play as. I think that was that was Crystal, if I'm not mistaken. That's the second so that generation one, yeah. One. Yeah, that was that was my introduction to it, and I wasn't as uh, as hardcore as everybody else when it came to Pokemon. I think after that, I had a really huge drought of playing Pokemon. It wasn't until XY came out that I actually picked it back up again, and I think that was actually. The main reason I even picked up a 3DS at the time was just to play Pokemon X. And then now I'm currently playing Pokemon Sun. Right. How are you liking it? I absolutely love it. I feel engaged and emotionally invested into this one as compared to games past because the narrative and the story actually kind of envelops you into it. And I feel like that hasn't been done in previous games like it's being done here. So I enjoy it very, very much. And I love my Pop Leo. I actually have been doing a 
a little bit more research into it since we talked about it last on the podcast as well, because Joe was talking about it and was quite excited about because he and, and Tark, you guys were going to be playing the, the separate games and and was kind of defending it, especially because we, I, I was kind of knocking it a little bit, especially because of I was so happy with World of Final Fantasy. <laughs> so the prospect of yet another fucking Pokemon where they're doing the same goddamn thing again was not really all that enticing. And mm-hmm. then I started watching a little bit more of the, the, the Let's Plays and, the, and whatnot and saw that actually there's quite a few things actually that they have done differently, which is good to hear. I mean, finally. So while it's not necessarily something that's like really high on my list of to play, it is definitely still something that I do want to pick up to play. We'll get into that one a little bit more uh, later on just to go over it as well. So, Joe, what about you? Which was your first? I pulled it in 1996. Okay, so you were right from the beginning. Yep. Okay. Did you get them both, or did you only get one? I had actually had all three. I had red, green, and blue. Right. How old were you at that time? Fuck, 96. I was 16. Right. Okay, so pretty much prime age to be able to put it on. No, 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 14. 14. 14, 14, 15, something like that, yeah. Yeah. And you finished them both, or was just a little passing fad for a while? Uh, no, I played all of them to completion. The problem was, is I was always a completionist. Um, even back then, like that was the problem is like, I played all like the final fantasies and everything. Like I had a, I had this, this obsession with completing video games back then. Um, even then. So like I went through and played everything, did everything I could looked up everything to get, make sure I had all of the goddamn Pokemon in every single one of those games. See, that was something that was hard back in the day as well. And it's funny because when you talk to young gamers nowadays, too, you have to explain how the Internet was not always around. And when there was a game that was stumping you much more than now, you really relied on a tight knit gaming community of friends to help you out. Well, it was really interesting about that time, like not to interrupt you with that, but like because I was one of the few kids that was internet connected at the time, I actually used news groups of all things back in the day to get all that shit. Yeah. See, I look back to then and around that time we still couldn't afford um, internet, if I'm not mistaken, if memory serves. So we basically, again, we didn't have a lot of money. And later on though, is when we, we got like the old dial up bullshit, but it was one of those things because I, I played a little bit, but not too much, but the kids did where again, they were, you could see when they had friends over and whatnot and everybody's got their freaking game boys and, and they're playing and whatnot. And it's what we have now, but online of, Hey, where did you get that one? Show me where you got it and give me a hand. And it goes back to what they said. There was a really good interview. I'd linked it in discord. I don't know if you guys got a chance to watch it. It wasn't very long though. It talked about kind of the history of, the the Pokemon franchise. But one of the things that a lot of people needed to hear, because a lot of people still see it as a silly game, not as much now, but for quite a while, and still some adults do, is that social aspect that it brought out in kids to be able to do the trading and the battling and the different things together. And in that regard, it was phenomenal because you had kids that might not have been quite as, that were a little bit more socially awkward, which we can all, I'm sure, feel, 
agree with in terms of how we grew up as well. And so then to be able to share this thing and whether it was at the school or whatever, because the kids would come home constantly and be telling us stories about the different things like that. It was really good. It, it encouraged a, a, a level of interaction between them that otherwise they wouldn't necessarily have. And I always found that pretty good. So, Vince, what about you? those days, actually. In some regards, yes, I completely agree. Vince, what about you? When did you come in? Uh, my first like glimpse into it was Gen 1 because like my little brother had blue or red. I don't remember which one. And like, you know, I played it a little bit and I was like, OK, you know, this is like it, it beneath the, uh, you know, the kitty exterior and all that. You know, I saw but it was actually a pretty rewarding and deep RPG system. I was like, OK, this game's actually pretty good, like better than I would expect. But being a 17 year old boy. I wasn't about to go buy the Pokemon game. <laughs> so the first one I actually played at length was gold. So gen two. And I got, that, I downloaded an emulator for it on my laptop because <laughs> still I wasn't going to go buy a Pokemon game. And See, that's the advantage of being a parent. <laughs> You're buying it for the kid or having no shame. And then you yeah. just steal it and play it. But what if somebody saw me? <laughs> no. Uh, and then I didn't touch it at all again until uh, X and Y. So I, much like Alicia, I didn't get back into it until recently. See, I actually, again, the... the, the and the er- only reason I got into X and Y was just because everybody was going nuts about it on Twitter. I was like, oh, I guess I've got to play the Pokemon game. See, Diamond and Pearl I quite liked. The um, the ones before that I played, again, a little bit here and there with the kids, but not too much. Actually, and then I went back to it. But the Diamond and Pearl were the ones where I sat down and I bought that shit. And it was like, no, this is mine on my DS. And I'm going to play the shit out of it. And then when I got Platinum, I brought everything into Platinum, all the Pokemons and everything, because I'd worked so goddamn hard for them. And I even went so far as to import some of the Pokemon from Red into... My uh, my diamond because it had the the DS had both cartridge slots, mm-hmm. so you could actually easily, fairly easily, import right from Red. So that was pretty. I like that. Actually, now that I think about it, what actually really did get me back in was they did the re-release with Heart Gold and Soul right, Silver. Right. And I was like, hey, that's that game I played. I'll play it again. And then X and Y came out not long after that. Okay, Alicia, what was your favorite one of oh, the ones that you have played? Oh, sh- Oh, Jesus. Um, you knew we were going to be talking about this. I know, I know. But it's still, every each one of them has its own, like, nostalgia moment for me. So I I think I liked X just because of the team that I had comprised. That team would go everywhere with me. It was my fairy team, and I loved my fairy team. <laughs> and even though it wasn't uh, beneficial or fortuitous to have all fairy, you know, psychic-type Pokemon... It's still my favorite team, my magical girl team that I assembled. So probably X for me. And plus, I think X was the first time that I actually got a legendary Pokemon, which was Irenaeus. So. Oh, okay. So you hadn't been doing the going around to different spots to get the freebies as well and shit like that? No, I did none of that. I, it, it, at the time, I mean, for me, it was a game that I could interact and play with, with my nephew and niece, who are huge Pokemon fans. And then for myself, it was just kind of reconnecting and getting back into it. So... I kind of missed the hype train on that one, but then I started collecting, you know, I collected my, my freaking Jigglypuff. I think, I think Meloetta was in that, or maybe Meloetta was introduced around that time, but she wasn't in the game yet. And I was like, oh, I want her. I want her. I want pirouette Meloetta. So I, I just, 
I got into it just because it was exciting and interesting to me just to have an all fairy team. I, I wanted it to be as frilly as possible. If they gave me Pokemon <laughs> lace, I would probably bought it and be like, okay, let's do this. So I uh, X them. Tart, what about you? Which one was your favorite? Um, mine was probably the remake of Silver and Gold. Um, because at the time when I was playing them, I had a bunch of friends that were playing everything along with me. So it would be this, like, I was playing and then I would be in Google Talk at the same time. And we were kind of going through the games at the same time and, like, theory crafting Pokemon teams. (laughs) And then, like, just trying to do really stupid challenges to battle each other. So then it was like okay, we'll have Team Ugly, which were all these, like, weird monstery type Pokemon versus, like, Team Cute. And I would have, like, the little, you know, chibi bear and, like, fairy ones versus, like, these monster ones that would just kick my ass. But it was, like, how long can I last in this battle before I'm dead? And just, like, stupid stuff like that. But we played through the whole game together, and it was just so much fun to have that that kind of interaction while I was playing through it because when I was growing up I played but not very many of my friends did so it was kind of this like little like secret nerdy thing that I did and I was just like oh my god my friends are gonna kick my ass if they find out I'm playing this game (laughs) I love that we've come so far though that for the most part people just don't give a rat's ass anymore and embrace that geek side of themselves and don't feel bad if they're playing and that's testament to like we're seeing so many people doing that now with pokemon go as well where it doesn't matter if you're friggin 80 year old woman or a kid everybody can still feel good about having fun with this silly little collectible game um you were talking about the um the tcg alley and that's something that we did with, well, I should, we, I, that's did the magic the word. Oh, yeah. It's in the fucking show notes. So I, trust me, I was going to bring it up anyway. I'm just glad that it wasn't me, <laughs> but that's something that I did with the kids as well. They, they didn't all want to do that one. My, my son was old enough that he wanted to do magic, the gathering. So we did that, but the girls were really into Pokemon. And then when Tristan was the youngest was old enough, then he was at that point into Yu-Gi-Oh, which was again, kind of a knockoff of Pokemon in that mentality, but it branched off because it was the TCG. There was also the anime and the movies and whatnot, but it wasn't this game thing like you had with the Pokemon, but rather the cards, but it had that same collectible mentality more so than what you would get from a magic, the gathering, which you still have that collecting for cards, but with Yu-Gi-Oh! and with Pokemon, it was much more collecting for specific characters that you wanted. I don't know if you were in the same boat at that time as well. Uh, I remember, and oh, my nerd is totally going to show right now. I remember wanting to actually become a professional Pokemon player. <laughs> I, found out. I wanted to be a professional Pokemon TCG player because... There was this huge battle that happened in Hawaii at like the Hilton. And it was literally like different Pokemon people around the world that were competing like Magic the Gathering style. And I remember all of my friends geeking out about it. And by all of my friends, it was just me and Marissa. And I was like, oh, shit, we should try to become professional Pokemon trainers. (laughs) Maybe we can make a living out of this. So 
we started like literally saving up our money and every time that we could possibly go to our local area comic store the encounter we would literally pick up a Sailor Moon comic, and then just, like, eight packs of Pokemon cards to see if we can get any rares. I never got a very rare card. I think the rarest I got was an Evolved Jigglypuff, but I was going to do something with it. I was going to make a dream happen, and so I love the TCG game. I may actually still have my playmat somewhere. You I know, it's funny because I, when I was looking through my old Magic cards and whatnot, and I still have the old Yu-Gi-Oh cards from when I played with the kids and all that, and I couldn't find the Pokemon, and, and I'm sure I still have some. But what was funny is I found the Pokemon playing cards, and this is how much I'm into this shit, too, and collecting cards and whatnot, the, the cards that I asked someone to ship me from Japan. You never. <laughs> so... So trust me, I understand. But I'm, I'm guessing just from your tone of voice and the fact that you wanted to get in the competition, you had one of the Ash hats, didn't you? Tell, no, you can be honest. You know what I, I had? I had the KFC Vulpix plush, and I thought I was the coolest kid ever. <laughs> and I had the KFC Vulpix plush. And I thought that I was a real Pokemon trader because I had Vulpix with me. And I was like, fuck you guys, I'm good to go. <laughs> so... So, Joe, you're playing Sun now, right? Yep. How are you liking it? Oh, okay. And before, I, actually, and immediately after, tell me, because I'm sure you and Tart are talking about it too, just how many differences are there between the two? Uh, so I, I actually really enjoy Sun, uh, mostly for the same reasons that, that Allie talked about earlier. I love the story about it. I love the, uh, the feel of it. Um, it doesn't feel as weird or hokey. Uh, as far as maneuvering through the world as X and Y did to me. Um, it's just, it's a lot more fun, a lot more fluid, and there's a lot less emphasis on having to collect a specific team in order to beat each quote-unquote gym because there's not really gyms anymore. Yeah, that's They're what I was just, hearing too. It's a series of events and trials, and you can make anything work really if you're smart about it, and I really like that. Um it, there's a lot about this that they've they've kind of while it is a lot of the same there's enough different or improved upon it uh that it makes a huge difference it's incredibly enjoyable um as far as what's different between the two there's not a whole lot different besides um a couple of the pokemon and the day and night cycle is actually reversed um so night on moon is at the same time that day would be on sun, which is I think is really interesting. Um, are they making use than, of that though? What's that? Are they making more use of that so that specific yes. ones are coming out at different times, depending on which ones? Yeah. And you, you get that. And as early as the first Island too, like oh, really? it's not, you could spend a lot of time on the first Island, um, just going to the different areas, going to the different places at different times of the day. Um, it really does make a difference on what you find. Like, uh, for whatever reason, in my version of the game, and I don't know if this is just because it's sun, uh, Pikachus are super fucking rare, um, but they only come out at night in one specific area in my game. And only on the first island is where I'm able to find them. And that's the only way that I was able to track one down and find it is to go to this specific area at a specific time and hope that it popped up. And, it, you know, it, so I think that's kind of interesting because I'm like, I tarts uh, over here screaming out, Pikachu! And like, she's finding them like at, at different times. And it's, it's so it's, I find that really interesting that they are definitely making use of the day night cycle more than they have in the past. Are, how's it? You, 
Can you tell me where that Pikachu location is? Because I've been looking for a Pikachu. <laughs> just wanted to, I didn't mean to interject, but it's in the I've it's in the fucking... it's in the in the park in the first city you go to, the big city with the park, the little tiny intersparse parks. Ah, uh, really? Okay, okay. Yep. Continue. Sorry. How's the trading between the two? Super friggin' easy. Oh yeah. It's if you did you you didn't play X and Y at all, did you? Uh, no, not X and Y. So in X and Y, they instituted um, not just the wonder trade system, but uh, a very streamlined system of trading between friends over the Internet. Um, Trading between the games is super fucking easy now. You go to a Pokemon Center, go into the room, say, I want to trade and you connect and then you trade and then everything's done and everybody's happy and moves on their on their merry way. It actually takes less time now than it did back in the day with data cables. Hmm. Yeah, because as much as I enjoyed getting black and white, I, I it was still a pain in the ass to to trade Pokemons between them. So, well, that's why I didn't bother. Like when the Pokemon Vault was available, I spent the four fucking dollars to get that. Just upload everything to it and then yeah. download it in the other game, and then just never paid the fee again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tart, what are you liking about the uh, about Moon the most? Like some be it new features or zones or story or what? Um, so far, I'm really liking the story and the fact that there actually is a story compared to the other games. So what is the actual um, story, if you don't mind? Well, I'm I'm actually not that far into it yet. I'm barely on the second island, um, partly because Christmas for me means that I'm knitting constantly, <laughs> uh, so I can't have a handheld game. Um but I'm liking the fact that it seems like there actually is, you know, a story. I like that you're interacting and they give you like multiple options for answers instead of just like, oh, this is just a dialogue. Let me just hit a real quick through all of this because the story doesn't matter anyway. Well, that's again, so, that's been my biggest complaint throughout the years is that it's pretty much always the same. I was actually playing. I'll let you go in a minute, Joe. I was actually playing the um, uranium knockoff one that was done not that long ago before it was taken away. I got a copy of it. And what I liked is while there were a lot of similarities early on, there were also a lot of differences. And you could tell that it was a different group of writers, obviously, who tackled it. And it was a lot more serious in nature too, with the nuclear explosion and the loss of his, his parents. So it was kind of uh, not parents, but mother. And then the father kind of goes a little bit batshit crazy, but I like that finally a Pokemon game was different. So again, yeah. hearing that sun and moon is a lot more different is, is really, I, I like hearing that. How much of the, the Hawaiian, flair do you get throughout the story joe you've gotten further so i'll let you answer that super a lot of it yeah um it is very clearly hawaiian inspired uh everything from the main person on every island is called the kahuna yeah um you have the major they're the like the spiritual leaders of these islands just like they would be in hawaii um the uh, the feel of the clothing even like you have the touristy guys walking around in like sandals and like shorts and the Hawaiian shirts. And then there's, there's a lot of like Hawaiian aesthetics as far as like the locations, uh, the ruins, things like that. They all feel very Hawaiian. Um, what's cool about it is there's actually two stories that are kind of going on at the same time. Well, two or three, depending on how you look at it in the game as well, which is what I was going to say. You have your traditional uh, new trainer story. That's still part of it. 
uh, where your family moves here and then you get to be a trainer, but it's to them, it's not just, you have to be the very best. It's about spiritual awakening and becoming one with the land and the Pokemon, which I think is interesting. Yeah. That was in uh, the demo. I played the demo and that was in it. So I, I, yeah, so I, I, I think like that's, that, yeah. I think that's really cool. Then you have the, uh, the story that happens with Nebby and, uh, oh, what's her name? Why can't I remember her name? Lily. Yes, Lily, um, because she's not a trainer. She's she's not a trainer at all, but she's like has this pet kind of Pokemon, Nebby, that gets into all sorts of trouble that you have to save. And there's a whole thing like I haven't I haven't gotten to the end of that storyline yet, but there's a whole thing surrounding uh, Nebby and what he is and what he does and, and everything like that. And you get little glimpses of that as you progress through as he gets into more and more problems. And then you have uh, the Team Skull story, which is absolutely hysterical because they're not like Team Rocket or Team Flare or or Team Spark. Uh, they're the weirdest group of wannabe rap artists ever. And I'm still trying to figure out what the hell their game plan is because there's that one point in the story where like you're fighting them and then they're like, wow, you just kicked our asses. All right, we'll help you. And then like they help you for our segment and then they go back to running away. It's the weirdest goddamn thing, but it's incredibly entrancing. Like I need to know what the hell's going on with them. I really do. You see those in the demo as well. And I got to admit, it was one of those kind of little bit of a groan because it's like, this is a little over to the top and taking into consideration team freaking rocket. That says a lot. So I don't know if it kind of eases up at some point or if it's always a groan when you see them. Well, the other thing that's kind of cool, that's not story related is I do love the fact that after you battle someone, the care aspect and you can do it like kind of at any time where you can actually go in and, like pet your Pokemon and give them <laughs> treats aside from like, you know, the berries and everything like that. But you can actually um, go in after a battle and like groom your Pokemon and stuff like that, but it can cure status ailments. Really? Necessarily- yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. It's a really cool feature because you don't have to spend the money on like just stupid shit consumables. Well, not just that, but that means that you don't have to keep going back to a freaking yep. center, whatever the fuck they're called, there to heal your your team up. Well, you See, also have you also have the other section too, where there's a feature that it's almost like a how do I describe it? Not like an Animal Crossing, but it's literally you put together all these shops and you kind of make your own little like amusement park of sorts which real-time players you know if you open yourself online via internet can come in and play games and stuff and receive prizes for them that you can use towards your pokemon and it's and you can keep upgrading it little by little by little so not only that but the the pokemon that you put on those little island resorts that you build level up and gain powers too so like even the ones that you don't want to use right then and there because one of the one of the biggest problems that they've had even though they give you the xp share in the past is okay, well, I want to use this specific team for this part, but I really like these guys and I don't want them to be, you know, irrelevant. Then I have to go back and grab them and then level them up and, you know, this artificial time inflation. But you can create these digital parks and it plays out just like you were playing like Roller Coaster Tycoon or something along those lines where you are building this 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 whole thing for them. And while they're playing, they're finding items, they're leveling up, they're learning new abilities, and things like that. So it's kind of a cool little touch. That wasn't yeah. brought in on any other ones before this, was it? Nope. Not this that I recall. Time, this is the first time they've ever done something like this. That's actually pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. Vince, are you playing this at all? 
Or are you even able to get the cartridge away from her? Uh, not yet, because <laughs> there is still uh, something else that I have to finish first. We'll get to that shortly. I know we will. <laughs> See, I was hoping to, to segue into Digimon. I was really hoping that Sushi would be on tonight so that we could talk about the freaking Digimon game, because I've been playing that now. Ali, have before you played that? We, before as well? we get away from Pokemon, oh, we're not completely one important thing that we need to bring up at the roundtable. Who's your favorite? I was going to bring that up later, but okay. we can do that now. So which one's yours no, then? You're, you're the host. No, 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 no. Which one's yours then? Uh, mine would have to be Greninja. The fully evolved water starter from X and Y. Okay. Just because he's, you know, a frog ninja, but his tongue wraps around <laughs> to give him a shinobi cloak. And it's awesome. He looks like Strider. I love it. <laughs> Allie, which one is yours? Now, wait, does it have to be the one that we've played in the game or any Pokemon? Anyone. Meloetta. Love Meloetta. If you actually listen to her Japanese song, it is so damn catchy. There's a YouTube video of it playing for five hours. I listened five hours straight. (laughs) I was fucking dedicated. And then I have to be clear, it is always pure wet Meloetta, the evolved form. Aria Meloetta is pretty cool, but pure wet. That's my girl right there. I love her. All right. Tart? Um, I am a huge Jigglypuff fan. I always have been. I love Jigglypuff in the show. I loved Jigglypuff in the games. That That is my character. Joe? If I had to pick one, it would be Heatran. Because it's basically literally the Pokemon from hell that happens to look like the Guardians from the Ghostbusters movie. And I freaking love it. It doesn't look like that. It totally It's a giant fire dog. Hmm. It's a fire dog born from magma. If you ever look at it, like it totally does. Okay. Well, I guess I'll have to be the cliche one to say that mine is Charmander. Because it was, again, I remember from the first cartridge when, when we had it. But then when I was importing my, my Pokemon into for, uh, for diamond, was it diamond or pearl that I had? I can't remember which one. Uh, the, the biggest reason why I wanted to import is because I wanted to get my goddamn Charmander <laughs> off of the cartridge so that I could play that one in the new games. Because for whatever reason, it wasn't available in those. So, because they keep shuffling the fucking Pokemons. But yeah, it was it was pretty cool. Uh, actually, before we move on to what I heard is that like a lot of, correct me if I'm wrong, but for Sun and Moon, a lot of the, the, the not necessarily original, I guess you can call them original, Pokemon are there, but they're kind of changed a little bit, if I'm to understand yep. right. Yes. White Vulpix is best Vulpix. I love <laughs> yes. White Vulpix. I'm trying to catch one like something fierce. That White Vulpix will be mine. I love it. I love it. They they basically have traditional po- Vince Teller, we lost her. Crap, I muted myself. I got so excited. <laughs> <laughs> I am not editing that shit out. <laughs> no, it's, it's 
it's really great because they did. They took a lot of the traditional Pokemon and they gave them kind of variants, so to speak. So from your traditional Vulpix, which is a, a you know a fire based Pokemon, they have the white snowy Vulpix, which is absolutely beautiful. So well Tart is tails. Tart is someone who is more of a diehard player. Then, do you like that, or would you have preferred them to keep the originals as they were and just insert them in with a bunch of new ones? Oh hell no! I love the variated one. Oh yeah, cool. Yeah, I, that white Vulpix is amazing, and I want yep. it so bad. Is it, se- now- is it set up in such a way that you can still get the originals, or it's only those modified versions that are available? Only the modified, because mm-hmm. it's a, they're they're specific to the Alola uh, Islands. Okay, sorry, you were saying Tart, or not Tart, uh, Allie? I was just curious to ask, because... You muted yourself again, hon. <laughs> Fuck me, I got so excited. Um, so... <laughs> I'm so excited about it. I'm like clicking the button. I'm like, I muted stuff. No, wait. I have something to say. I have something to say. Mute. (laughs) No. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, though. Isn't it that some like Vulpix are available only in Sun? So you and if you own Moon, like you either have to trade with somebody or you actually have to purchase the other game. Is is that right? I don't know if I understood that correctly or not, that some Pokemon are exclusive to certain games and some aren't to the others. Yeah, some definitely are. Yeah. Yeah, some of them are just in Sun, and then some of them are just in Moon. So to get the entirety of everything, um, it'll wind up having to be where, like, you and I will have to trade some of them. Uh, I will I will save a Vulpix for you. If I can get two white Vulpixes, I got you covered. Yes. <laughs> I got, there, got there was a fist otherwise, pump there. We know it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, otherwise it was just going to be me being like, Joe, look, this is a thing that's happening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gotta get that vault fix. It's a beautiful vault fix. All I know is one of you better get me a shield on or a bastodon. Uh, Vince, are you actually looking forward to playing this eventually, or is it I just am. kind of yeah. for, for a lot of the same reasons as you? Like, I kind of initially passed it off as you know just another incremental like upgrade to the Pokemon franchise. But watching some videos and watching Alicia played it, I realized that. This is probably this is the biggest change in the history of the franchise, and I'm actually interested in checking a lot of it out. Yeah, I think that they probably felt a little bit more pressure finally to start innovating on the battle system and different things because there there have been so many innovations that have been put through in those other games. Like when we look at what's being done in World of Final Fantasy, when we look at what's done in the Yokei Watch one in Nino Kuni. There's a lot of innovations that then they can look at and say, okay, well, we can kind of tweak that a little bit and put it in there. Like when you're looking at the actual battle system, I only did a little bit and it was never really for with a team because it was the demo. But just how different is it then from the previous versions, Tart? The battle system itself is pretty similar. Like it looks different, but... I mean, it's the same turn base. You can use a potion. You can. Oh, okay, you know, so it hasn't changed that much. Moves. Yeah, that part of it is the same. It definitely looks a lot nicer um, than it has in previous games, but at the core, it's still the same. Okay. Because, yeah, I've, going back to the Digimon, been playing the crap out of that. Have any of you played Cyber Sleuth? Nope. Nope. I've been meaning to, but no, I haven't. And probably just because Sushi told you about it. Oh, yeah. She's really excited Man, about she it. And she's like, dedicated. Oh, yeah. 
well, again, it was because of her. We had her on the show, and she just praised it so much that when it went on sale, I picked it up, and I'm finally getting to the fucking thing. And I will say, it's freaking awesome. It's not. It's no World of, Wild, uh, of Final Fantasy, but it is fucking awesome. And I like the battle system. I like the way that it's set up. It's not as good as World of Final Fantasy, but the battle system is still quite good. And the fucking style is gorgeous. It's just beautiful for a Vita game. I I, I know you can play it on console, but I'm playing on Vita. Mm-hmm. It's phenomenal. I really I really enjoy it. So see, Sushi, if you were here, we could discuss it now. Damn it. <laughs> so let's move on to another one that was a strong game. And we talked about it a little bit. In the, well, actually, we've talked about it often. But I don't know if either of you ladies played it. And that was Nino Kuni on the PS3. Because that was, again, a pocket monsters type of game. But done differently in terms of there being so much more story, a ton of open space to explore. And then, of course, there's the Studio Ghibli style, which had a huge influence in the enjoyment of the game, too. And between that and the cinematics that looked straight out of their studio anime, it was just such a well-done game. And on top of that... And on top of brilliant character and creature designs and map designs and everything else, and and UI, you name it, the battle system in that game was spectacular. Mm -hmm. Because whereas in a lot of the other ones, it's that turn-based kind of gameplay. Here it was far more active, far more active. You are running around. You're doing a lot of shit while you're playing. And it's a formula that I wish actually Pokemon would adopt and try in a game as well because it works so beautifully in that game and like ali did you actually play that game at all i haven't even touched you know i'm very familiar with it but i have not played it what about you tart nope no joe you hadn't played that one had you no i have not okay that's too bad because yeah there's a lot of hype coming for the next one that's going to be coming out which looks like it's going to be just as good and it is i don't know vince if you agree i i still find that it was the best game for the ps3 throughout the entirety of its its life without a doubt like when we were watching psx a couple weeks ago and they had the uh, the trailer for the new one like i immediately wanted to spend another 70 hours playing the first one yeah yeah because like i said the, the story is fantastic and all that but i just got so engrossed by like the minutia of the game uh, of just just to lay out the battle system like you have three characters and each of those characters can bring i think it was three different what were they called i honestly don't minions recall. whatever three yeah, different that might be it. yeah <laughs> and like it was very real time and you could switch between the characters you could switch between the active minions and whatnot and there was so much dynamic of you know, you needed a tank, you needed a healer, you yes. needed a DPS, you needed to exploit elemental weaknesses, status effects. Like, it was so engrossing. Like, I spent untold amounts of time just tinkering with my team lineup, trying new things, trying to find special evolved forms. I remember you had to, like, do something special. It's like, yeah. or no, you, you could actually, they had uh, tiers, like trees. So when you were upgrading them, you could upgrade them in one direction or another. And I, I remember... I forget which one it was, but there was one specific minion I wanted for my team, just like for the synergy. And I must have spent forever grinding, trying to find that stupid thing. But I, 
I was so rewarded for the amount of time I put into the battle system because of all the optional stuff you could do later on that was hard as hell. And like I just really appreciated that the game allowed for that depth, but it's also where if you spend the amount of time necessary to like get the stuff you want, there's still challenge in the game because that's something that I have a problem with in a lot of games like that where you finally like you spend all this time and effort on getting the thing that you want and then suddenly you're overpowered and the game isn't fun anymore. But Nino Kuni always kept a good balance to it as well. So like it it played so good that I it wasn't just okay, I have to get to the next story point. It was seventy plus hours of just nonstop enjoyment. More so than I think Pokemon or Digimon or any of the other ones, and I would even include World of Final Fantasy, the team makeup was so much more rewarding. And like mm-hmm. you said, the time investment in getting the specific ones you wanted, leveling them up and, and whatnot, was rewarding because of the battle system. I've gone out of my way to collect nearly all of the ones that I can for World of Final Fantasy, and I love kind of tweaking my team and messing around. But as a whole, it's still it, there. There's some roadblocks, but overall, you can just rip through whatever you want mm-hmm. as, if they're high enough level and whatnot. And it's they each have their different abilities, certainly, but it's not as important. So I kill the team with fire versus killing them with ice or water or whatever. Whereas with Nino Kuni, and this is where Joe, I think you actually would love the battle system. I would hang back some time and be the healer for everybody else. So you got mayhem going on with these battles and you're playing the healer behind and tossing heals and whatnot. And then jumping to other characters as needed to tank or DPS or whatever. But still, primarily, I would like to hang back and heal to keep everybody up. And so then whichever characters you got to be your healer or your tank for the others or whatnot, the time investment to not just capture them, but then to level them up and, and and care for them and raise them up was so much more rewarding when you got to be in these, again, some of them were fucking epic battles and you're hanging back and healing. And the guy that you spent forever to try to catch and level up is kicking ass and taking names. And you're like, that's my boy. (laughs) And, I still have not found a battle system for a pocket monster type of game that was even remotely close to that one. Yeah, it's definitely on my list. I want to play it. It's just a matter of, like Tart, finding time because I've been so busy with, like, painting things that my video game time has been severely limited. And I have a backlog of stuff I'm trying to get through. See, so. the that is one of the few games that I would tell people... Even it, even though it is a significantly older game, it came out... Well, I shouldn't say that. I mean, it's 2011. But still, it's it's an older game. It is still so worth playing, and you'll get the same level of enjoyment because you're not going to look at the graphics and say, oh, that looks like crap, or wow, that's dated. No, it's a Studio Ghibli movie come to life that allows you to control different shit and go on these epic, amazing stories. So in that regard, it holds just as well now as it ever will. So it's one of those games, too, where if you've got um, PS Now, which I, I, we don't subscribe to, but for anybody who's listening. Does anybody? I don't, we I, do, I think. You do? Yeah. You can get it for PS4 to play. 
it's out now. You can you can play it on uh, PS Now. So well then, Tart, add that to the queue. I man, I cannot praise that game enough. It's unbelievable. Have any of you played the Yokai Watch? No. I I have wanted to play it, and the reason that I've wanted to play it is Yokai Watch is a Square Enix game, and Square Enix in their brilliant minds cross-promoted yokai watch with final fantasy 14 and doing a very long seasonal event to catch all the yokai catch all the weapons synonymous with certain classes in the game as well as with certain yokai to obtain a rare mount i want you to know cool. i've been dying to play yokai watch and i think every time me and vince have stopped at gamestop i'm like do i want to pick it up <laughs> Do I want to pick it up now? Do I really want to get it? That is a game that is on my queue that I am dying to play because it looks so adorable. And Square Enix had such an intelligent idea of, you know, introducing it to new platforms and to new audiences by promoting it into a lot of their popular titles now. So that is a game that is definitely on my list to play, but I have not picked it up yet. They're just publishing it, though, right? Because I thought that was a level five game. It, yeah, it's a level five game, but it's being published, published by, by Square, Square Enix. Enix yeah. But yeah, but the producers were working together to do in conjunction certain That's events awesome. where you can get like certain, you know, certain specific yokai are related to certain job class weapons. And That's freaking I, awesome, actually. That's cool as shit. Well, they did it also with, um, what was it, Dragon Quest? They did it with Dragon Quest also just to promote, I think, one of the upcoming titles. I think a year or two ago. So it's, I think it's a great idea and they really did bring in a lot of people and a lot of people who are diehard yokai fans, which by the way, I can't tell you how many Atome fans love yokai watch. Really? I don't know why, but they do. They're like obsessed with yokai. Watch. <laughs> and they always keep telling me to pick up the because game. Because of I'm the like, anime or because of the game? I, I think just because of the game and because of the different characters that you could pick up, like Blazaria, um, there's Robot Nyan, and uh, there's so many different characters that you can pick up. I think uh, Whisper is another one. Th- there's all these different characters, and all the girls that are into Tomes are just diehard Yokai Watch fans, too. I don't understand it, but That's they awesome. always tell me to pick it up. I'm that like, is awesome. I need to do it. I so, tried the demo game. for the second one. Um, mm. I really like the battle system on it, actually. I really like the battle system. Again, nowhere near what we saw in Nino Kuni, but fuck, it's still a really sweet battle system, and I would peg it above, again, Pokemon in terms of just being a little different and stuff like that and how you switch mm. between abilities and characters. Well, it was pretty freaking cool. Yeah, I, I like the little watch thing. It's it's yeah. a it's not a very complex addition, but it's something that makes it unique. Different enough that it's fun. Yeah, exactly. And it's great merchandising. I'm going to oh, be yeah. honest. I want a yokai watch. <laughs> I want the disc that you can put in there, too. I've Why didn't you tell me this before Christmas? <laughs> because you're not Maybe. done buying presents. As long as there's shopping days before Christmas, you're not done shopping for Christmas. There's always tomorrow. I do. I love the yokai watch. I think that's how many times have we gotten to Target and I've picked it up? Yeah, Vince. I'm I'm not gonna lie. I don't know how many times we've been like wandering around like Walmart or something late at night, and I've picked up the little like plushies, and I'm just kind of like, this may have to come home. (laughs) They are adorable. They are so adorable. And I mean, I even now, mind you, I have never watched the anime, nor have I ever played the game. But one of these days, I will. And I have my little favorites. I do because I have, you know, my white mage staff that belongs to, you know, certain yen. Uh, yeah, I'm totally into that 
Give me that one. Tart, are you primarily like Pokemon or are, do you have an interest in, again, the, the pocket monsters type game? Or is it just Pokemon you're basically into? Um, any more Pokemon's the only one that I really play. Um, I played Yu-Gi-Oh! back in the day, but mostly I did the TCG for that one. So you haven't tried World of Final Fantasy either yet? No. Okay. Okay. So, because I know that both Vince and Tar... Or, wait, Alicia, are you actually playing it? Well, I, I was She's on strike. It. I was on strike. Right. I got through the forest area, and I couldn't catch a Moogle, and I got really upset. So that's why I stopped playing, and I downloaded Pokemon Sun. You're striking go back from to the it. game <laughs> because you couldn't catch a Moogle. It wasn't even just a... It, it was, was a, a crisis, Roger. <laughs> I'm dropping this game right now and I'm download Pokemon Sun. Because, like, the difference of time between when World of Final Fantasy came out and Pokemon Sun was only, like, two weeks, three weeks, maybe? I think even less. It's got to be, like, two weeks. So I got so yeah, but fed up. Let's be honest. You cannot begin to compare World of Final Fantasy with Pokemon Oh, God, no. Sun I, I, love, I love World of Final Fantasy. I love World of Final Fantasy. The fact that I can evolve a Shiva of my own is the reason why I'm so invested into this game. Plus the fact that I can name things like LL Cool Quay, the Chocobo. Like there's so many different reasons I love this game. One of my one of my animals is my one of my mirages is named John Cena. Like there's tons of reasons why I love this game. But they didn't give me what I wanted, and I got so mad that I downloaded Pokemon Sun and I haven't put it down. Freaking princess. <laughs> So what stage are you at right now in the game, Vince? Um, I've gotten the airship and I just finished the uh, the interventions to go to the five places that need your help. Oh, you're getting close to the first ending then. Yeah, I'm, I'm very close to the first ending. Yeah. And I, I got to that holy crap moment you were talking about. <laughs> Which one? Because I was talking about a couple of them. The, the gate where they finally meet their air quotes mom. Oh, yeah. And, like, the entire game, just, like, what have I just done for the last 50 hours? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it was brilliant. I, I was blown away. There was the, again, the, the first time we talked about it, too, and you were saying which ending, that was the first one, essentially, where it's a false ending. And right. then I finished it, fucking credits rolling. And I'm going, <laughs> uh, okay, I thought there was more. And I'm going, well, I'm still going to go back because I want to grind a few things and there's, I'm still missing a few things that I need to do in the Coliseum. So then I, I pressed the plate again. And at this point, it goes into a, oh, you're not done? You want to keep going? And it was going, ooh. So it was a false <laughs> ending, like really a fake ending. So I was like, this is freaking awesome. And then it takes you through some more stuff there. And I'm at a point now, like I said, where I have to actually do probably a significant amount of grinding. They point blank tell you, you have to gather more mirages, get stronger to be able to go forward. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so, yeah, I'm at a point where I have to, to grind and level up. But in terms of story, again... I did not ex- maybe and maybe that's why I'm so enamored with this game as well. Not just because it's a goddamn good game, but my expectations were fairly low. Like I just I thought this was just going to be a very simple little Pokemon clone that was nowhere near as evolved, bad pun, but as a Pokemon game. 
And that was it, featuring some favorites from the Final Fantasy franchise. And that's what they were banking on. So I wasn't expecting something of this scope. And in terms of the games that I've played this year, this is like in top three of how much, not just in terms of how many hours I've popped into it, Mm -hmm. but just sheer enjoyment. And from the battle system to the exceptional art to the amazing creature designs, to the story as well, including side missions, all of the quirky humor stuff. It's just been phenomenal. And I would put it just below Nino Kuni in terms of enjoyment of battle system and then work my way back towards Pokemon from there. Now, You're not I'm, wrong. Now, Vince, I'm curious to ask you, because I got this vibe when I started playing World of Final Fantasy. Did you get a Kingdom Hearts feel to it? Because oh. that's how I felt. Well, definitely with the the art style, at least mm. with the the twins, there it's you could definitely feel that Nomura influence. But oh, yeah, uh, yeah it, it just they look like you know Final Fantasy characters, which yeah. I mean, which look like Kingdom Hearts characters. Yeah. But when you when you do a Final Fantasy character in that more cutesy art style, you get Kingdom Hearts basically. Okay. Yeah, I didn't get that much Kingdom Hearts from it, except for the style of those two characters yeah. when they're giants, they call them. But, I mean, most of the game is the chibis anyways. That's yeah. <laughs> are awesome. I love when I'm in giant form and I'm talking to, like, freaking Cloud or whoever, <laughs> and it's this tiny little chibi, and my guy actually bends down to talk to them, and it's like, oh, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let me tell you about the mission I just completed in this game, Roger. Okay. Um in the i think it was the crystal tower uh when you get the titan uh mirage like i was immediately hyped because titan is you know awesome it's been in all the final fantasy games as various summons and whatnot so he immediately replaced my mithril giant in my team lineup and i saw that titan can transmogrify into maduin who is terra's summon in world of final fantasy so i was like okay where's maduin where's maduin (laughs) I finally figured out how to get the Maduin Memento. Have you gotten it? No. Do you know how to get it? No. Okay. The What I was talking about, the five interventions you have to do to help out all the various team members yep. uh, when they're fighting the Empire. Um, the one in Figaro, which is like the little chess game yep. thing. Yep. You have to beat that in less than, in, in 10 turns or less without losing anybody. Ooh. And then you get an extra cutscene of Terra and Maduin together. And then you get the memento. Ooh. I must have been doing that for three hours. Oh, shit. And I was getting so frustrated because if you fail once, you can't just restart. You have to skip the, the mini game, finish the last, you know, little bit of cutscene, which you can skip, and then go back to the girl, start it over. It was I mean, it was only like a 30 seconds to, to get back to restart it, but just the frustration of like, if you get hit once, you're pretty much done, because there's very little room for error, because to win the game, you need, you need six successful hits, and you only have ten turns to work with. That's what you were cursing at when we were yes. sitting on the couch? I needed to take breaks. I took out the trash. Like, I'm like, why is he being so helpful? I don't understand. 
That's what that was. I but hated I finally got that it shit. And he's awesome. I thought that I, was a game of Triple Triad. That's what that was? Yes. Um, it listen, was, Triple Triad was in the game. I wouldn't be pissed about anything. Yeah, no <laughs> True. No, I, I did that one and the other one as well where you um, – there's another one that's very similar. There's two of them that are similar like that. And I fucking hated those. Hated them. You would be started on the friggin' Cactrot. Yeah, no, not cool. Ah, damn it. That's, it's, it's, I like it and I don't in terms of you have to do very specific things for a challenge to be able to unlock everything. Because, I mean, I'm constantly looking at my guys and it's like, well, what the fuck am I missing here? Why can't I get the there transmogrification? Is a black square on this board and it's pissing me off. It really fucking is. <laughs> I need to figure it out. So I was happy when I got my freaking Chocobo, my Mecha Chocobo on wheels. <laughs> Dude, I, that fucking thing is awesome. Now, whenever <laughs> whenever I travel around, because when you travel in this game, you can just hit the up on the diagonal pad if mm. you have a Mirage in your team, because you can take 10 with you, that, has, that you can giddy up on, essentially, and just kind of hop on them, and you can do a wolf or whatever. And I saw that motherfucker, and it's like, I will own you. <laughs> and I figured out how to get him, and then I got him. And now whenever he, he, I'm on him going places, it looks like he's rollerblading. So <laughs> in my mind, I'm singing like Roller Derby Queen by Jim Crochet whenever I'm seeing them move around. <laughs> well, right now, I'm carrying around the unicorn. Okay, yeah. Not not to use the unicorn. I mean, he's cool, but I could tell just from looking at like the abilities list, he's going to transmogrify into Odin. So I'm like, I'm I'm going to level this guy up because I know as soon as I unlock Odin, I'm going to want to use him. I think you're right. Yeah, I think that is the one. Yeah, because oh, I, I, I actually I, look- I can guarantee you it is. Like it's question marks, yep. but I look at like his move list and I'm like, oh, those are all of Odin's abilities from the games. So did you get Nightmare then? I have Nightmare as well. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's the other thing that I like about this game as well, wherein there's a lot, every dungeon has a hidden area, so it gives you that motivation to keep going back and, and try to get into it. Normally it's not that hard, but sometimes you need something special to, to, well, each time you need something special, be it a special ability from a Mirage or whatever to get into it. And then there's the Merc Rifts as well. So there's a lot of diversity in, in the battle system that you're not always just doing the same kind of thing, which again fairly brilliant in design and every battle is that little puzzle of okay how do i get this opportunity to imprison these guys did you how far have you gotten in the coliseum with them are you pretty Um, much done all of them pretty far like i mean i'm my characters are like level 57 i think so i've cleared everything up to level 56 in the coliseum yeah it keeps ramping up (laughs) i've seen there's some like 72 75 there's a couple of 85s that i can't do yet so I've got everything below, except for that fucking Toonberry King dude, Tunberry King. Mm-hmm. That motherfucker has one ability that even at level mm-hmm. 66, I still can't beat it because that uh, one of the, grudge. Oh, everybody's dead. And it's like, you mm-hmm. motherfucker. I'm glad I killed all your kids before I tried to kill you. <laughs> well, I'm using uh, on one of my stacks. I'm using the baby Tonberry. So I have uh, dark resistance. So that actually didn't do much to me. Oh, really? I'm going to have to try yeah. that. See? Keep finding shit. Because Baby Tonberry is the cutest thing in that game. Yeah, there's a few of them, man. The fucking design on the creatures kills me. And again, the, I would put creature design for that on par with what was in Nino Kuni. Uh, in, in some cases, maybe even above. Yes, but with the asterisk of these are 
creatures they've been designing for 30 years. True, so. true, true, true. Yeah. Nino Kuni was entirely one-off. Now, yeah. wait, are you also playing the game, Roger, in English, or are you playing in the Japanese version? Actually, I'm doing the Japanese one. Really? Yeah. How, do you, how do you enjoy it? Because oh, I know I, love it. I actually prefer it over English. I love it. I actually, I started with the, the English version, which, as Vince mentioned on a prior episode, is great. The, the, mm-hmm. the dubbing is fantastic in this game. But the Japanese one just makes so much more sense. And I just, I like it better. It just fits. So I, I like, see for me, it's like the, the, the jokes and the witty dialogue don't work as well for me in Japanese as they do in English. See, I and I agree with do. you on that. But the intonation of the way they say certain things, like when they're upset, like you feel that they're upset. And I feel like some things are a little more profound when it's done with the Japanese voice acting as opposed to the English voice acting. That's why I enjoy it. I'll go you one further and say that because the game relies so heavily on quirky Japanese shit as well, where when they're being weird or just quirky, especially uh, Lan, it's just he's just being a quirky jackass kind of thing in the Japanese uh, voice acting makes sense. Not it, it doesn't make sense, but it just well, kind it, of fits with with what we've seen in anime throughout the years. Whereas when you're yeah. listening in English, it's like it just doesn't really make sense. It's not working for me. I, I well, at the end of the day, it's a non-issue for me because you know we only had one DLC code between the two of us. Right. <laughs> but I mean, you, you also don't get the the weird speaking the patterns in the Japanese. <laughs> You do if you're familiar. With yeah, this, I, I would assume just Japanese. with the repetition, you kind of pick up. Yeah, on. you pick up on it. But it's you know what though, even to some degree, I even do that now when I'm in the house because I even jokingly use the all the time. <laughs> I'm just a little mini Tama in the house. Yeah, that's, I prefer hearing that in Japanese and not dealing with the English version of that because that was fucking annoying <laughs> well, and but stupid. See, with me, it's like with the Japanese, it's having to read the subtitles with her weird little or it's a he isn't it i forget no it's a she it is a she yeah with her weird little you know speaking pattern having to read the subtitles for that was really like weird for me yeah i it doesn't phase me anymore listen as long as the light of my life is in there miss chocolate she is my girl i love chocolate (laughs) oh anything were to happen to her i cry Did she you do her own side missions? She's awesome. Yes. Did you do the side mission with her? I have. I haven't done the uh-huh. side mission with her yet. I still have you, to go into it. You find out some shit about her. <laughs> yeah. That's Don't what, tell me. Oh my Let god! Go. I forgot. I just remembered that, and it was epic. What was that that you spoiled about Star Wars with me? Don't. I fuck you. Okay. That's Listen, not a spoiler. You, that wasn't a spoiler. That is Everybody not a spoiler. It is a spoiler. They straight up tell you that at one point in the game. No, they don't. Yeah, they do. do. I don't think they did. It was a spoiler. In, 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 spoiler. Uh, it's Shadow it, of Revan when Farron and Satil are right there in the same place at the same time. It yep. comes up. All right. So, Allie, so when you do this mission with Chocolaty Chick. <laughs> no, leave Chocolaty alone. I'm going to start sending you screenshots. <laughs> Very subtle so screen. I know where you live now. I, I'll live. DM to, to you, same as you did with me. I'm just going to DM these screenshots. I'll be like, Roger, ha ha, I'm after you. I'll get you, sucker. Show with a baguette. <laughs> yeah, that'll work. Finally, one of the ones that I wanted to talk about, too, was how um, Pokemon influenced the battle pet system in World of Warcraft, with the exception of Vince, who never touches the game anymore. I think influence is a bit of an understatement. <laughs> well, call it what you will. It's yeah, a complete no, ripoff. It's, it's fine. But it works 
it's hurt. You're in and out of WoW all the time, and you're playing now, are you not? Yeah. How are, into the battle system are you, the collecting and the battle system of pets in WoW, if at all? I, I don't play it at all. Really? Yep. Why? Um, because I have no interest. I already play Pokemon, so why do I want to play it in another game? So you haven't ever tried it? It's not something that you give a rat's ass about? I tried it. I just didn't like it. Really? Yep. What about you, Joe? I collect them. I don't generally play in the battle system, um, mostly because I find that it's not as... I don't want to say not as forgiving, but like even the, the world quests that revolve around it are so hard that it's... Yeah, I, I hit a wall at one point and I was just like, yeah, this is not fun anymore. So I'm kind of done. That's where I actually enjoy the battle system more in that than I do in Pokemon and in a lot of these Pocket Monster games because your team composition in the WoW battle pet system matters. And it really yeah, doesn't in a lot of other things. Is, even if you have even if you have the right composition, you can still get your ass handed to you very quickly and very like in a demoralizing manner. <laughs> it's a fucking wild game. Come on. Yeah, demoralizing. Yeah, laugh, laugh at me all you want, but like I think when I have reaching, I can't catch Moogle levels of dissatisfaction. This is getting there, man. But like seriously, if I, if I have this team that I've leveled up, they're all, you know, the best quality. They're all maximum level. Their loadouts are exactly perfect. And then I go into this fight and I get fucking housed. Even though my composition is exactly what it needs to be, my abilities are exactly what it needs to be, that's not good to me. And I don't have a buffer like with Pokemon, I have six to fall back on. Here I have three and only three. And when I'm fighting against something in a world quest that has, you know, more hit points than all three of my super fucking rare ones combined, you know, and I still have two more to go through after that first one, I have a problem. Um, Or the, the... Daily quest, there's a world quest that pops up occasionally where you have to fight six in a row. And it's like, no, it's to me, it's just it's too much. So I'll collect them. I and and occasionally I will play against somebody in the online matchmaking. But as far as like the NPC shit goes, no, no, done. What about you, Ellie? Honestly, uh, it kind of turns me off in World of Warcraft, knowing the premise and the storyline behind World of Warcraft and then them implementing a Pokemon system. Like, it just, lore-wise, it clashes for me. Because then I'm just like, oh, I'm in this fantasy set, like, setting where there's castles and dragons and my dog that I got from my eighth anniversary can fucking fight, like, I just don't like it. It's. I feel like it's almost an overkill. Like it's just two different franchises trying to be melded into one. I don't like it. No, it's no different than what we're seeing in World of Final Fantasy, in terms of using a pocket monster system with a an IP that was never intended for that. It, no, I agree. I agree. It's just it, knowing that you know I'm working on my legendary relic for my demon hunter while I have like Pokemon that I have coming after me. It just doesn't. For whatever reason, it just doesn't settle well with me. Even in, in Final Fantasy fourteen, they have the same thing with Lords of Verminion. I just I can't get into it. And they do. They have a pet battle system there. Whoa, whoa, whoa. When did the pet battle system come into Final Fantasy fourteen? It, it's 14? more like a board game type thing, isn't it? 
No, it's an actual yeah. open, like, it's almost like an open PvP, but instead of you fighting in PvP, it's your minions fighting right. in PvP. And you get to comprise and put together a team of four your minions, which is kind of like the right version of Pocket Monsters. And you can duke it out with, you know, other real-time players in this cute little, like, arena-type fashion. And it's called Lords of uh, Verminion. I don't recall seeing that. That's the sound How? of Roger renewing his subscription. <laughs> Between that and the fucking card system that they have. In yeah, there. exactly. Like, I, I have no issue in Final Fantasy XIV of like, oh, it's time to, you know, fight Garuda and save the Moogles or whatever the fuck it was. I forget. But first, let me challenge this guy to a card game. <laughs> like, I, I have no issue with, you know, balancing out those differing, you know, gameplay aspects. So I, I, I'm... I, I have said on multiple occasions I would pay Blizzard five dollars a month just to play the pet battles in World of Warcraft. Yeah, if let they me were wander to- the world, let me collect pets, let me do that, and I will pay you a subscription. I just don't want to do all the other shit. I have played the crap out of the battle system, and including the collecting and whatnot. Joe and I have talked in game and, and out often as I'm leveling my guys up, and it's it's to the point where often I will get someone. Joe's done it a couple of times for me to fly a new alt over to um, uh, Hygel because that's a great spot where you can avoid getting eaten because you're so low level. But as you do the pet battling system, they're level like 2022s. And so as you do pet battles with them, the experience that you get for your character is ridiculously high, especially during event weekends where they bump it up. And you can level up an alt doing fuck all but pet battling system in Igel. I've done it. And I love it because then you're not putting up with jackass other people, real people. You're just putting up with the, the, uh, the, the battle pets. And I've done a lot of, like I said, the collecting plus the leveling Plus, for a while, when I was so bored with fucking garrisons that I couldn't stand them anymore, at least I was doing the the daily pet battle stuff to get all the tokens to raise the, the rarity of my, my guys as well. And then I was doing a lot of the stuff around the world as well, and the different quest systems and whatnot. And I agree with Joe. Some of them are brutal. The shit that they put out with um, the island, Timeless Isle. When you could do all the pet battle stuff there, I this is where I can relate to what you're saying, Joe, because I had tons of level 25s, rare ones as well. But I it was I, I tried it when it first came out. So there was no strats yet available online to look at what was the best composition and whatnot. I spent over an hour and a half there and got fuck all four because I got beat at the end. And that's when I went. Okay, I'm not doing that again. Actually, I think it was more than an hour and a half. And so that's when I decided, okay, no more. I'm going to wait, level up whatever I need, and then go back. And I never wound up going back. So in some cases, I found that it it was way too hard. I'll agree with you on, on that. But overall, while some of them have kicked my ass, persistence as well as shifting out the team, and that's where I have an advantage because I have so many rare level 25s to, to choose from kind of thing really is quite rewarding. And that's going back to my idea that most of these games are far too easy. So when you get that level of difficulty, which is just above too hard, like, you know, it's, 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 well, I shouldn't say just above, just below too hard kind of thing. It's, it's almost at the point where it's like, okay, fuck this shit. I don't want to do it anymore, which is where you're at. But I'm at that point where it's just challenging enough to keep me going back to have fun with it. 
not yet hard enough for me to, to give up on it. And there were times where I thought of subscribing quite literally just to play that. But Joe still disagrees. He's still me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I so, don't know. It's, it's just where I stand on things. Sorry. So is there any other game, be it on handheld or console or even iOS tablet device or whatever that utilizes the pocket monster mentality. I know there's a bunch of them that I've played over the years that I have enjoyed everything from freaking hatching little dragons to all kinds of stuff, but that any of you would like to briefly talk about as well. Ali, we'll start with you. Oh, <laughs> pass, pass on me. Pass on me. That well, was there is a that. game that we are playing right now mm-hmm. on our phones. Okay. Oh, are we? Are you talking about the Justice game, the Justice yes. Monsters Five? Justice yeah. Monsters Five. Justice Monsters Five is pretty good. <laughs> what the hell is Justice Monsters Five? So Justice Monsters Five is, is the, the pinball, pinball mini game from Final Fantasy, Fantasy 15, Fifteen, and they actually made an iOS and Android version of the game where it's basically like pachinko pinball with completely over the top like superhero versions of Final Fantasy monsters. It's awesome. Yeah. And it's it's all pinball based. So it's just knowing where to properly hit. But in the process, you can gather crystals to evolve your your team, your, your three to four player team. And then you also can invite another friend to come in. Like I've invited Vince all the time to come play as my team so yeah, we can both awesome. get those crystals. Oh, no, 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 no. I believe I was going <laughs> to have the super first. <laughs> I just want to throw that out there. Who got the super rare first? <laughs> irrelevant <laughs> no, well it is relevant because i was i was carrying you for a while <laughs> the hell you were remember who has the blue dragon and then someone just picked up magma magma lava <laughs> little fire guy molten ash well. I don't I think I've heard him be that defensive in years. <laughs> wow. And I've insulted the shit out of him for years. <laughs> it's very few things that he gets touchy about. Oh, Just God. as Monsters 5 is it for us. Wow. That is the one game where we're like, oh, shit. See, one of the things that I thought you would be able to relate to as well, not relate to, but because of the types of games that you play, it kind of fits into a certain degree with a lot of... Not necessarily the Otomes, but the things like the uh, the Fates games or whatever, where you can essentially collect companions as well, and it's that same kind of mentality, and it's 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 kind of it encourages you if you have that collector mindset to continue to play so that you can, well, in your case, get more boys. It does, but. Uh- but I feel like with regards to the Fate series, at least with, you know, Birthright, Conquest, and Revelation, those collecting those was more for um, more for the companionship and the relationships to form bonds and to make certain children, you know. you know, And it wasn't very cookie-cutter based, so you can have it set, like any specification you want. Now, you can play with real-time players in Fire Emblem Fates and make babies with them. Me and Sushi have made, like, 12 babies together because we always visit each other's castles. So, and then you can technically, you know, evolve and make a a special new form that you can grow and develop. So, to that degree, yeah, it does have the pocket monsters mentality, but 
We just called it baby making all this time. Visit so. each other's castles. The new euphemism for banging. All you have to do banging. is visit each other's castles, give each other an accessory. <laughs> bam! With the breath of the earth, we've come together to create this new spirit. And then it's like this chick or this dude and, you know, they always have either an Asian name or a British name. And we're like, all right, look at our baby. Look at him go. See, I'm so. finding the same kind of thing since the um, well, since the Eternal Throne, no, um, Fallen Empire with with Swotor, they really changed the companion system around. Where now you got a crap load of fucking companions to choose from, and they had kind of made some changes beforehand where they were offering companions who don't necessarily have stories in bundles that you can get on the cartel market as well, or you can buy them off their, their version of the auction house. And so there's a lot now, and it does kind of feed into that again, being a collector and wanting to get, well, catch them all. I want mm-hmm. to catch all the little motherfuckers. So it's the reason why I did the dark versus light event to that second last achievement. So I can get my freaking blue Jedi. <laughs> That follows me around everywhere. And doing all the way, was it the star bases or whatever they were? And like all, all the different ways, like it, it, the building your rep, just because like, okay, yeah, I want that guy. He looks cool. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So now, wait, was that the one? Now, can you have Empire Companions as as like uh, Republic uh, uh, Companions now? There is some Empire of Republic. <laughs> No, because I was really hoping I can get Tori and Kadera. I just wanted to know out of curiosity. Depends on what the characters are. And then the the Chiss Jedi that I use, yeah, I can use on my Empire um, uh, characters because it was from that Dark versus Light event kind of thing. So she's Mm -hmm. just there and I can use her on anything. So that's why it's cool when you're kind of in the the Sith areas and whatnot and you got this freaking cool blue Jedi with you. So it's kind of fun. I actually had someone talking to me about that today saying, you don't see a lot of people with that one out. And I was like, I just think it's fucking awesome. (laughs) I'm on my bounty hunter. I've got a Jedi companion with me. So it's fun. So what about you, Tart? You were saying essentially, you know, you don't care about the battle system in WoW. So does that mean then that you really don't care too much about, be it iPhone versions or Androids or whatever that use the same kind of thing? Um, yeah, well, the biggest thing is, is because I'm not huge on turn-based games at all, um, which kind of limits my options as far as pocket monster games. Um, so the closest that I get is I am pretty much addicted to the Marvel Tsum Tsum game, and you can actually build teams in that one, and they each get, like, different powers, and then you can use their powers to, like... Um, destroy the you know whatever comes crashing down on you um, and kind of like help save the cities wait, so, wait. did you say zoom 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 I have not heard about this square zoom zoom I, I, I'm sorry I haven't heard about it <laughs> fuck <laughs> okay it, it clearly started, you're not a six year old Roger <laughs> would appear it started, it started out because I played the Disney one which is just straight up like it's basically bejeweled with disney characters um but the marvel one actually has like a team component to it um and kind of a story but it because i love the plushies the plushies are super adorable and i have a bunch of them but the the actual marvel game is a lot better designed than the disney one is even if the disney one is fun for like hey i have a couple minutes to kill while i'm waiting in line somewhere 
Is that on iOS, like on your iPhone or iPad? Yeah, it's on iOS and Android. I'll have to check it out. Awesome. Yeah, it's it's super addicting, I warn you now, because if you like Bejeweled, it's really addicting. Oh, so it's a Bejeweled type game. Um, yeah, the Disney one is. The Marvel one is kind of the same process. It's like three or more character of the same character type um, to clear a row, but they each get like superpowers. So once you clear like enough points of that type, instead of like bejeweled where you get the, you know, the little diamonds or whatever um, in these ones, they'll clear like in an X pattern or do different abilities and stuff like that. But you have to like actually battle like super villains. And stuff Ooh, like that's that. awesome. Yeah. It's super fun. See, this is, we talked about this when we talked about our crazy Japanese shit episode, when I was talking about, uh, what's that sexist one with the chicks and bejeweled style? What the hell is the name of that again? Allie, you know. Honey Pop? That one, yes. Oh my god, I love that game so but much. The, the, <laughs> that game is so much fun. The mechanics of that game are spectacular. When you look at like the, the what you have to do and how it works with the, the bejeweled system, I love that. So if, if this Zoom Zoom is anything like that, my god, I would adore that. Yeah, it's it's pretty much just pure crack. Cool. Okay, I'm going to check that out. And I might check out the Justice Monsters too. We'll see. <laughs> okay, what about you, Joe? As far as anything new or otherwise than that, the closest I've come is Pokemon Uranium, which is still a Pokemon game. Yeah. Just not an official one. Um, mostly because I'm intrigued by the what they call the Nuzlocke mode, um, which is an intriguing way to play the game. It's something that they haven't done elsewhere. Um. But when your Pokemon faints, it's quote-unquote dead. You can't use it anymore. And it makes it very nerve-wracking even early on. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of cool, and I like that aspect of it. Other than that, though, not really. There hasn't been anything much in my uh, my pocket monster library besides from actual Pokemon lately. Vince, other than the Justice Monsters? Between Justice Monsters and Final World Final Fantasy, Fantasy <laughs> like I've got all the pocket monsters I can hold. Yeah, I again, I'm gonna have to finish fucking this Digimon game before I tackle this Zoom Zoom. Then, by the sound of it, <laughs> all right. Well, that's it then. Any parting thoughts? Roundtable. Ali, we'll start with you. I need to pick up Yokai Watch Two Fleshy Souls because they have a yokai named Sailor Neon, and it is a pink cat dressed in a sailor outfit. I'm done. <laughs> That's oh, how I buy games. <laughs> that is how I buy games. Sailor Nyan. Done. Alrighty, Vince. Version. Uh, no. I, I, how can I top that? No, yeah, well, you, you're pretty much right. Tart? Well, it sounds like I know what I'm buying. <laughs> Joe? I will sit here patiently and wait to see what Tart purchases. That's uh, my thoughts. Fair because enough. if she squeezes about it, it's usually probably pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he he buys base games based on how many times I go. Oh my god, look at this! Dude, you gotta get World of Final Fantasy. Do it. You have a PS4. Trust me, you'll love it. You will fucking love it. It will consume your soul <laughs> like I it has like ours. <laughs> What's that? I said, but I don't like Final Fantasy. You don't have to be a Final Fantasy. Nut job like freaking Allie 
to appreciate this. And Vince, like I have not. I was about to say, don't leave me out of this. Yeah. <laughs> I like I've played a lot of the Final Fantasy games, but never really. I hell, I don't even know if I finished one of them. And I really don't care one way or the other about the, the franchise. So I was not excited about the game because of that aspect. But trust me, once you're in, you don't even need to know who Cloud is. You don't need to know any of these characters. They're awesome because they're awesome in this game. Not because of, not just because of the history that they have. That's a bonus that these other Yahoos get that we don't necessarily get. But trust me, it's a phenomenal game. Awesome. There you go. So with Christmas only a few days away, Merry Christmas to all of you people. We're going to have Merry a, Christmas to you, Roger. A final Merry Christmas to you. Nobody was in a rush to say Merry Christmas there. Shame on you people. <laughs> we were, I was waiting to see if you had more to say. Well, I wasn't. Yeah, was I. And we are going to record. Always assume Roger has more to say. That's really not you. nice. That is. Shut the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are going to be off next week. However, we're going to be back the week after, right before the end of the year to talk about this year in games and what we've enjoyed and what uh, what kind of did not work and what did. So that's going to be a fun episode as well. So thank you for joining us. Thank you, ladies, very much for coming on the show. As always, great having you on here, getting that different perspective as well. And, you know, putting Vince in his place too is always nice. <laughs> so you can check out Allie at... Allie, go for it. Give us your rundown. Uh- you can check me out on Twitter at Pizza Maid. I also am a host of a podcast called Heroines of the Cherry Blossom with Sushi Geisha as well as Smashy. You guys can find us on Twitter at CB Heroines. Tart, where can they find you if you want them to find you? <laughs> I am on Twitter at Tart Darling. And she's awesome. Go follow her. And of course, you can find me on Twitter at Zen Buddhist, Vince Simodian, and see what happens when I screw up the order. It fucks me up and I can't finish. <laughs> Joe is loaders at J and you can find us at uh, forlore.com. Of course, we are also on iTunes and Stitcher. And with that, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Happy holidays, everyone. That wasn't that bad. Yeah, I fucked it up, but it's to be expected. <laughs> and you know what? Fuck sushi. She didn't want to be on here. Screw it. She kept inventing new excuses. New excuses to be off. Yeah, that's not cool. But Roger, look at your DNs. Renee, check your text. You can really get Sailor and Young. I'm probably going to tell him to for you guy watch too. I'll DM you later to some pictures. Okay. Oh, you have the game? Um, oh my god, that is amazing, Ellie. <laughs> right? Right? I'm crying. I'm literally here freaking out, sending texts to Vince going, Vince, I'm done. It's fucking done. We know what we're picking up. I have to buy, but you have to buy it as a digital version. It has to be the digital version in order to get the code. So I was like, okay, done. I don't need a retail version. Retail versions don't define me. I want Sailor Nian to be my little yokai. Oh my god, I cried. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm hanging I'm like, up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Talk to you later, folks. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to For the Lore. Each week, the show is broadcast live on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern. Stop by ForTheLore.com slash live to join the conversation and have your thoughts discussed on the show. If you'd like to hear more from the guys, check out Comic Book Informer, a weekly podcast from Vince and Roger, as well as Popcorn Ronin, a bi-weekly movie, TV, and anime podcast. And lastly, thanks to Manelli Jamal for the show's theme music.
We encourage everyone to check out his site, ManelliJamal.com, or find him on iTunes and help support this incredible musician by picking up his CDs.